Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. What's the bigger risk, me going to work or us losing our house? What's the right answer? What do I pick? That lady told me. If I was a good mom, I would be calling around to homeless shelters to ask if they can take me in. It's not, you know, Democrat. It's not Republican. We're just people. We need help. And so, you know, I would take all the politics out of it and help each other out because we got to get through this together. The voices of Americans failed by their government. As 2020 comes to a close, key benefits and programs for those suffering the devastating economic effects of the pandemic will also end. And after months of failed negotiations, Congress still hasn't acted. Hi, everyone. I'm CNN chief political correspondent Dana Bash in for David Chalian. And I'm CNN political correspondent Abby Phillip in for Nia Malika Henderson. Welcome to Politically Sound. The coronavirus is raging unchecked. This week saw the U.S. setting grim records in daily deaths and hospitalizations. The country is in its worst shape ever, and the American people are suffering with the added burden of uncertainty for the future. My mom and dad are the hardest working people I know, and it's just emotional to know that we don't know what could happen, you know, if, if it was to continue like this. There's also been a flurry of activity this week on Capitol Hill that has led to some momentum as competing plans have inched closer together for a relief bill. But time is running out. With a government funding cliff looming, lawmakers seem intent on pairing some kind of stimulus with that crucial bill. And for so many Americans, the legislative deadlines we're talking about are so real. Many provisions keeping people afloat have already expired, and many more federal economic programs sunset on December 31st, the end of this month. People not asking to make them rich. They're just saying, can you give me a little money so that I can make sure that I can keep a roof over my head and food on the table? We've seen plenty of sparring on Capitol Hill about the need for compromise. So compromise is within reach. We know where we agree. We can do this. Republican leader McConnell does not seem inclined to compromise, to actually get something done. But compromise is in short supply these days in Washington. A coronavirus relief bill has not been signed into law since the spring. So on today's episode, we're going to discuss how and why we got to this, frankly, disgraceful point where Congress is failing the American people so spectacularly and what it will take to move forward as we prepare for a new Congress and a new president. We'll also hear from CNN chief business correspondent Christine Romans about the economic necessity of more coronavirus relief. She'll walk you through how the previous stimulus measures actually worked, what's at stake for the millions of Americans counting on this help, and what needs to be done. So it's time to tune out the noise and tune in to what's politically sound. All 
All right, Dana, so let's dive right in. You heard the desperation in people's voices, and you've seen everyone talking for months about how this is a priority. But where are we right now, and how did we even get to this point? Well, we are at a point where Congress sees a deadline, and that is, as you know, Abby, pretty much the only reason why Congress acts. It doesn't guarantee that they're going to act, but when they see a deadline, that really spurs them into suddenly finding a compromise that has eluded them before. But in this case, it really is kind of hard to wrap your mind around, right? Because this is not some obscure piece of legislation. This isn't something about a policy change or something that is in the future, a program that is going to be enacted. This is about people suffering twin crises, suffering really big healthcare crisis from the pandemic and, as a result, an economic crisis. People have lost their jobs, may lose their homes. And the reason why we see movement, I think, I don't know what you think about this, a couple of reasons. One is, I said, the deadline, but the other is the election is behind us. And so the differences that you saw or the reluctance to maybe give the other a win is behind them, which is not responsible, but it's just the reality. It's pretty amazing when you think about it, Dana, that all of these members of Congress, they have constituents back home who are in need. I think this crisis has been, you know, uniquely devastating all across the country in probably every state in the union. And yet, uh, as you pointed out, it seems that political considerations have taken precedent over what seems to be a pretty obvious need to get help to people and also to businesses, which should be a bipartisan concern. But one thing that you said that is interesting to me, and I wonder if you think that we know how the politics of this is shaping up, but do you think that because of the fact that Republicans now know that President Trump has lost this election, that they are more willing to move forward on a stimulus bill because they know that he is no longer there to sort of pressure them if it doesn't go exactly the way he wants? And conversely, for Democrats, they know that they're going into a Biden administration and that it will actually reflect potentially poorly on Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. If the Democrats fail to compromise and get a bill done, I think it's all the above. And I'll add one other factor that I think is, and I think I know from my reporting, I'm sure you've heard this, the same, Abby, is in here, which is the Senate elections that we just saw. And there was a big divide. There still is a divide among Senate Republicans about whether to compromise, how to compromise, what is too much spending, is any spending too much spending. But the Republicans made it a decision that it was too risky to make the Republican base mad, or the Republican base who still they have a vestige of a party that doesn't like to spend a lot of money before the election. And that was a factor that went into the, not just decision, but indecision that went into the stalemate that had real life consequences for the constituents and the voters that they were relying on. Also, there's a factor here now that perhaps wasn't there maybe two or three months ago. We have been here at CNN talking so much about the winter wave. I I won't call it a second or even a third wave, but just this winter wave. We are now deep in this winter wave, and it's pretty clear at this point that the virus is back with a really devastating vengeance. It seems perhaps, and maybe this is hopeful thinking, that this is penetrating to members of Congress. They recognize that there's no escaping the health devastation and that the health devastation will bring even more economic devastation. 
So that could be contributing to a change of atmosphere around the country. I, I don't get the sense that Republicans are any more willing to talk about the coronavirus all that seriously and encourage the president to take it more seriously. But maybe by their actions, they are signaling that they understand what is actually happening on the ground in the country. And there's another perhaps teaser for what we're going to see more frequently in the Biden administration, which is the moderates in both the Senate and the House worked really hard round the clock of the Problem Solvers Caucus in the House and senators like Mitt Romney and uh, Susan Collins and Murkowski and Manchin on the Democratic side to put together a bipartisan bill. And it might not be the ultimate piece of legislation, but it started things rolling again. And even Republican leaders were admitting that towards the end of the week in the halls of Congress that that helped. And so if these members really do work as a group and can flex their muscles, that could bode well for the notion of compromise in the future. I think that's exactly right. And also, they're so much more confident, it seems, in getting loud about their concerns about a lack of compromise. Let's hope so, Abby. When we come back, Christine Romans will tell us about the economic necessity of congressional action on a stimulus and one reason we may not have seen action yet. Stay with us. Here at Politically Sound, we're working hard to bring you the context that you need to understand each week in politics, and we want to know what you think. So go to CNN.com slash pod survey to share your thoughts on what you're hearing. That's CNN.com slash pod survey. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back. The economy is a very complicated machine. There's government regulations, corporate interests, fickle markets, and above all else, real people impacted. At the end of the day, a prosperous people are the key to the American economy. So today, CNN's chief business correspondent, Christine Romans, is here with her kitchen table view on the importance of economic stimulus. We are days away now from living in a country where the virus is raging. Vaccines are on the way, but still out of reach. And the financial lifeline for Americans is gone. I mean, really, think of that for a second. The worst of the virus is here, but the help has run out. There's just no question that the huge efforts early on from Congress and from the Federal Reserve kept the coronavirus recession from becoming a depression. 
Breaking overnight, after five days of negotiations, Senate Democrats, Senate Republicans, the White House have an agreement on a huge $2 trillion rescue package. That help was historic. Stimulus checks sent directly to Americans. Bigger than normal jobless benefits for longer. Aid for small business. Paused student loan payments. Eviction moratoriums. You know, it wasn't perfect, but it was meant to get help to people quickly. Policymakers back then were gaming four to six months out. It was meant to keep families and workers whole while the economy cratered from the pandemic. But now it's some nine months later, and one by one, the corners of the safety net are being cut. For the millions of people now receiving a weekly jobless check, that check is getting smaller and will soon stop coming. Now, with the loss of the 600, it's a lot harder to be able to afford fresh fruits and vegetables. My mom's limited on resources herself with her own rent and bills, so she's using a credit card to help me once a week to be able to purchase milk, fruits and vegetables, and meats for my family. Some 12 million Americans will stop receiving jobless benefits the day after Christmas. The grace period for millions of people with student loans expires at the end of the year. The protections for renters disappear. That could lead to a wave of evictions. You know, lawmakers have been arguing for months about what this next round of aid should look like. The Fed chief, Jerome Powell, for months, has been urging Congress to do more until the virus is contained. As we've emphasized throughout the pandemic, the outlook for the economy is extraordinarily uncertain and will depend in large part on the success of efforts to keep the virus in check. We're just not there yet. There are still 10 million fewer jobs today than when the pandemic began. 10 million. Listen to this family that lost their jobs and are struggling to make ends meet. Every night we cry to each other. We talk. If, if we're not crying, we're trying to make a way. That's all I can do is just pray that it goes away, that things get better, that God makes a way. Americans are facing hunger as they choose between paying the bills and putting food on the table. It's hard. My mortgage went up, my taxes went up, and I could barely, you know, afford it besides all my other bills. So you need the food? Oh, definitely need the food. You've seen those images of lines for food pantries from coast to coast. In the past week, roughly one in eight adults in America say they can't put enough food on their table. Women are dropping out of the labor force to take care of children who are out of school or elderly family to keep them safe. Frontline workers, these are people who often earn low wages and have little savings, They've got to decide between a paycheck and putting their own health at risk. It's almost overwhelming to dig into these numbers and see how disproportionate the pain has been. This incoming administration wants robust, comprehensive financial aid for workers and families. Janet Yellen is President-elect Joe Biden's choice for Treasury Secretary. The pandemic and economic fallout that together have caused so much damage for so many and have had a disproportionate impact on the most vulnerable among us. It's an American tragedy. And it's essential that we move with urgency. Urgency. All agree. Economists, corporate executives, think tank academics, 
lawmakers in both parties, they agree it is too soon to pull away the COVID safety net. From the Senate Majority Leader. I think the one thing we all agree on is that we don't have time for messaging games. We don't have time for lengthy negotiations. From President-elect Joe Biden. But any package passed in a lame duck session is likely to be at best just a start. President Trump has said in the past he wants to, quote, go big on more help for Americans. We're going to have a very big stimulus package because I'm the one pushing it. This summer, the president even went around Congress and passed executive orders to get some limited relief. But make no mistake, this is the job of Congress, and they have gone round and round. The sides drew battle lines during months of these stop-and-start talks, battle lines on how much to spend and where. Republicans, well, they want legal protections for businesses and schools reopening. And many Republicans don't want to give federal dollars for state and local government aid. But Democrats, well, Democrats have said helping states is critical. The coronavirus slammed incoming revenue. Without help, expect layoffs for firefighters, teachers, all kinds of public workers. All that D.C. drama is perhaps predictable. After all, during the Great Recession, there were toxic politics around the Recovery Act, no question. Congress ultimately, though, moved because the stock market was crashing. That stock market monster is not breathing down lawmakers' necks this time. In fact, November was the best month for the Dow since 1987. Double-digit percentage returns for the Dow, the NASDAQ, and the S&P 500. This disconnect between Main Street and Wall Street is the starkest I've ever seen. D.C. has politics. Wall Street has profits. And at the kitchen table, that's where there's a health and jobs crisis. How deeply it scars families? That depends on what your lawmakers do and how soon. So, Dana, I just want to get your reaction to what Christine had to say in her fantastic piece, which really connects a lot of the dots between uh, the policy and the real impact on people back home. And then also the sense that lawmakers seem to be saying the right things, but doing absolutely nothing. That's exactly right. First of all, yes, it was sobering, but it was important. And You know, only someone like Christine Romans can put together the economics, which are sometimes hard for people to wrap their mind around, and real-world impact. And the fact that people might not be able to pay their rent or their mortgage, and that moms have to have their the grandparents uh, use the credit card, perhaps maxing out their credit card, to put basic food on their kids' table— that might not be resonating the way it should be with members of Congress because of the last thing she said in her piece. The stock market is doing great. And those people might not have the funds to put in the stock market, but they are the most vulnerable. And it's harder for them to be heard when lawmakers who are looking at the NASDAQ and the Dow don't see it in the sort of graphs on their TV screens, which is really, really sad. Yeah, it absolutely is. It it just takes me back to last spring when the economy was on the verge of shutdown and the stock market was doing really poorly. Uh, They were signaling to Mm -hmm. Washington that they wanted something to get done. 
This time around, it's a little bit different, and it could be because the economic indicators seem to be somewhat mixed, that the recovery is happening. There's been a little bit of a recovery. It's still pretty dire out there, but I think perhaps it's been enough for Wall Street that, you know, stocks are trading at record highs. Meanwhile, people are still suffering in their day-to-day lives. In Washington, though, it does seem like there is a lot of hand-wringing over relatively small things by comparison to the problem at hand, which is that people and businesses need money in their pockets to pay their bills. And in the absence of that money, there could be a massive economic collapse. And I do wonder if you think that we are inching any closer to perhaps Republicans saying we we will live to fight another day on state and local funding and Democrats saying we will live to fight another day on protections, on liability protections for businesses and for people impacted by the virus. I want to say yes. I want to be hopeful. This has been a, a you know, maybe a, a tough, <laughs> tough podcast because there's a lot of tough news out there. But I do want to be hopeful that the answer is yes and should be yes. And the other thing we didn't mention, it's kind of Washington jargon, but it matters. There's got to be another train leaving the station, which is a bill to actually keep the government running. So that's an incentive for these lawmakers to, you know, put this as maybe the caboose on the end of that train. Well, we'll hope so. And that's it for this week's episode of Politically Sound. Thanks for listening. If you could take a few minutes to give us your rating and a review, and if you're listening for the first time, don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you get the latest episode every week delivered right to you. Politically Sound is a production of CNN Audio. This episode was produced by Will Cadigan and Mimi Mutesa. Haley Thomas is the senior producer. Raj Makija is the senior production manager, and Francisco Monroy is our engineer. David Toledo is the team's production assistant. The executive producer of CNN Audio is Megan Marcus. We'll see you next week. When you work, you work next level. When you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.